Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church in the Valley. Glad you guys are here uh, to worship with us this morning. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the campus pastor here. And we are in the third week of a series called Aftermath, which we launched on uh, Easter Sunday. And we're talking about what are the things that you need to think and what are the things that you need to do when you're caught in tough spots in life, when you're caught in ruts, when you're caught in problems or circumstances that you just feel like you, you can't get out of. And they may resemble storms, they just may resemble nuisances, but there's just things that you're encountering that you just feel like you're stuck in. And the definition of aftermath, just to kind of get us all on the same page in the dictionary, is the consequences or after effects of a significant, unpleasant event. Uh, many times the, the word aftermath is used uh, as weather patterns come through. And right now in the Midwest, there's terrible storms and tornadoes, and you can see the aftermath of that as it comes through there's just a lot of devastations that's left and people and cities and kind of the government's left like how do we pick up the pieces and in life we we face these same things uh problems that we encounter where it just feels like stuff's unraveling and we're just caught in a mess and we ask the question like how do we pick up uh, these pieces and so during this series we're talking about how do you in the middle of this actually learn and how can you grow and actually be better uh, for it? And so Easter Sunday, just to catch everybody up, we, we talked about in the aftermath, you, you need actually a new foundation to rebuild on. And that foundation is found and our hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. To rebuild a life, if it's fallen apart, and actually build any life, you, you need Jesus. Uh, he is the one that helps us build the right kind of life because God is the creator and through his son, uh, we can actually reconnect to God and get connected to reality as, as he has designed it. And so our design and how life flows come, comes to a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. He, he's the foundation. Uh, last week, we talked how you can rebuild by choosing uh, key attitudes. Not only do you need a, a new foundation, but you need to choose two attitudes that are critical to learn. And we talked about fear of the Lord and humility and fear of the Lord. Just to catch everyone up, according to the scripture, is this this idea that God is now my my framework for life. Uh, if I built on a new foundation of Jesus Christ and I've decided to follow him, fear of the Lord is this understanding that that I am going to use God as my framework for life. I'm going to look to him uh, for answers. I'm going to look to him for solutions of the problems that I face. He's he's my reference point. He's the one that guides me now. And then humility is this understanding. Since God is your reference point, you realize that within yourself, humility says, I, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. I can't untangle all the problems I, I find myself in. And so you see both of those fear of the Lord, taking him seriously. He's he's my framework. Humility. I need him to help me. I don't have all the answers. Those are key to learning in the middle of these storms and things that, that we find ourselves in. Uh, in, in the aftermath. So today we're going to be talking about how do you, once you've chosen these attitudes and once you have a new foundation, how do you actually set yourself up to continue to grow even in the middle of, of problems? We're going to talk about the importance of, of coaching and correction and learning from things as they, they unravel. I want to show a clip because there's a question that we all ask that this clip is going to kind of give us some perspective on. But there's a question that I wanted to ask you and that I asked myself is in the middle of problems that I face, 
Maybe it's a conflict uh, in a relationship. Maybe it's just a situation at work that I just I want to get out of. I, I maybe want to get out of work as soon as possible. Like I just don't like where I am and where I'm headed and all these things that, that we face. There's, there's a question, which is, uh, how, how do we respond in the middle of the unraveling, in the middle of the problems? When things are falling apart, how do we respond? I want to show uh, this clip from a movie called Money Pit. Uh, if you've never seen the movie Money Pit, it's uh, from the 80s. It was made in 1986, before some of you were born. It's a very funny movie, but the premise is there's a couple that decided that their life will come together and everything will be made perfect if they are able to purchase their dream home. And if they purchase this dream home, everything is going to be aligned for them. And that's kind of how we are. We have our eyes set on a goal and we think if we get this, everything is going to come together. Well, hence the title. It's not called Dream Home. It's called Money Pit. And so if you've never seen it, what they thought was a dream home actually becomes a money pit and it begins falling apart. So this clip is kind of in the middle of everything falling apart and you're going to see a reaction from a younger Tom Hanks. Let's watch it. problem in the kitchen. Nothing trivial. Well, the turkey's done. So is the kitchen. Actually, it's a little overdone for my taste. Let's not go there again. You don't want to tell me what happened? No, I don't. I just want to relax in a nice, lukewarm bath. What about this? I don't think that can hurt us anymore. He didn't win in the Academy for that, but that laugh alone, I think, is worthy of, of some awards. 
if you're a homeowner, you see this clip very differently than if you rent. Um, it's not that funny if you own a home because you know that you're just kind of one step away from, from that happening. Um, funny, right? Hilarious. Unless it's your kitchen. And it's funny unless it's your life. But this is what the aftermath of life feels like. It's just like things go wrong. And then as that starts, it, like chain reactions happen. And how did he respond in the end? It was like, you got to laugh. It's either that or you're just going to bawl in tears. So he just, he's, he's laughing. And it got me thinking like, you know, when he laughs, I, I want to laugh. You know, it's hard not to laugh when he's laughing. But in, in the problems of life, um, I usually don't laugh unless it's to the point where you're like, this is hilarious because it's so crazy how sad it is. And I just have to laugh. Uh, but there's other reactions that, that I know myself I have when things fall apart. Uh, in my life, when things unravel, I can tend to, to pull back from people and I can isolate myself. And all I'm thinking is like, what is happening? And I pull away so I can just get kind of my, my thoughts and my mind straight and I can get to this idea of like, what, what is happening uh, around me? And so I, I've done that in my past. Uh, I worry. I don't know if any of you worry, but have you ever just been in the middle of hard things in life and you realize like you're not sleeping as good? Because of worry, I know that sometimes I lose sleep because of worry. Or I have a thing, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, where I sleep and sometimes I wake up and my jaw is so sore because I've been like clenching during my sleep. It's because I'm, I'm anxious about things. And so when sometimes life comes, it's like I'm anxious, even to the point where I'm just all fired up when I'm supposed to be sleeping. Okay? And so worry can, can plague, plague us and... Some of us, you may turn to a trusted friend. There's just people that you turn to, like when things are falling apart, you just, you need help and and you need a perspective. The reason I bring that up is in the aftermath, uh, for us to learn and move forward, how we respond is is crucial. Because if we respond wrongly, we actually are not going to learn from the situations that that we find ourselves in. So the question isn't just how should I respond, but but how, how am I supposed to rebuild and, you know, move, move forward? And so I don't know what you do, whether you pull back, you isolate, you analyze, you turn to somebody, you worry. Uh, but, but I want you just to kind of ask, ask yourself that. Well, what is it that I do as I face the unraveling of my own life? And how does that help or, or, or hurt you? So just take a moment, take a moment to, to think that. Uh, as you're thinking about that. I want to kind of talk about what God wants to do and spend most of the message talking about what does God want to do to teach us in the middle of the unraveling? What you find is I I want an escape from problems. God wants to teach me during problems. And those are very different because escape is how can I just get out of this so I don't have to experience it anymore? But God teaching me is how can I learn from it? So I don't have to experience it anymore. You see how those are very different. I like to just get out of the pressure or the problems. God, God wants to, to teach me uh, through that. And so God, God's concerned with building something in me that, that's going to last. And he, he actually wants to, to teach me. And so this series, we're talking about the wisdom that, that God wants to give us. Wisdom is the ability to build the right kind of life based on how God has designed the world to work. Okay, fear the Lord, which I mentioned already. He's the framework. 
the framework is he's the creator. He has designed reality. I have a choice whether I'm going to align myself with him and the reality that he's set in the world or if I'm just going to kind of forge my own path and do things my own way. And we all have that choice. But the Christ followers decides that, okay, I need to look to God as the creator, the person who's designed life, and look to him to learn from, even in the middle of the, the, the unraveling. So this series is in the aftermath. How, how do we learn? And what you find in Scripture is God uses the aftermath to show us and to reveal our need uh, for wisdom. Okay? Oftentimes we don't think we need wisdom if everything is going well. Isn't that true? When everything is all together, we're not asking a lot of questions. We're not seeking a lot of answers because life is just going smoothly. We're getting everything we want. We're on the right path. It's when things begin to kind of fall apart that we begin to take a step back and say, why is this happening? And that's actually sometimes a good thing because it causes us to evaluate, causes us to ask questions. Okay? So God, in the middle of the aftermath, wants us to lean in. And that's the title of today's message. How do we lean in as things are falling apart instead of trying to, to flee uh, from them? Uh, the training ground that God wants to teach us is, is different than most of us are, are used to. God actually wants to train us through coaching and correction. That's how he teaches us, through coaching and, and through Correction. This is like the training ground, how God grows us. Uh, there's, a, there's a passage in Proverbs 3 uh, where you learn a lot about wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And it says this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. So I've already answered the question uh, and we've looked at what do you do in the aftermath? How do you respond? The second question I want to ask is, what do you want in the aftermath of your own life? When things are unraveling, what is it that you want? You ever thought about that? Like it, when you're just feeling stressed, worried, confused, anxious, frustrated, things aren't going your way in a relationship Things aren't going your way with your goals. You feel like it's taking slower. You feel like you're going through detours. You want a straight line and it's curvy and it's hilly and it's taking you on these back mountain bends. What do you do? And what is it that you want? What I want during those times when things are falling apart is I want, I want encouragement and to be understood. You guys relate to that? Like you want somebody to come alongside and you're like, it's going to be okay. Right? That's what I want. You're not... Your life is not over. You can do this. You're going to make it. I, I want encouragement. And then I want to be understood. Like people that is like, you know what? I've experienced that. You just need to keep pushing through. So I can respond in certain ways. But when I get down to it, what is it that I really want? I want to be understood. I want to be encouraged. And that's actually really important. God places us in relationships where people can encourage us and we should encourage them. That's, that's very important. But for us to really grow in life, we need more than encouragement. Because what if you're doing things wrong? Does encouragement help you fix your wrong thinking? I don't know about you. If I'm encouraged, I'm like, well, I just need to keep thinking the same way. I need to keep doing things the same way. Encouragement tends us to kind of keep us on the same path. So God, in his wisdom and his love for us, just like a father 
because he is our spiritual father. He doesn't just want to encourage us. He does encourage us, but it's more than that. He wants to teach us. He wants to train us. He wants to coach us. And that's a very important distinction to learn about the relationship that God wants to have with each of us. He wants to teach like, like a father would want to teach his kids. Recently, uh, I've been trying to, to teach my kids, coach my kids on how to clean their room. Parents, can I get a witness? Have you ever tried to teach your kids how to clean? And I went the normal approach, like I'm going to encourage them to clean their room. So this is what it looked like. Hey, kids, you need to clean your room. You can clean your room and you can do a good job. And you have 30 minutes to do it. And you can do it. I know you can do it. And so I would check specifically my sons. I would check their room. And in 30 minutes, they had cleaned their room. And I had encouraged them to clean it. But their cleaning and my cleaning is different. Right? Their cleaning is sweeping and shoving. You sweep it under the bed or you shove it in the closet. If you can't see it, it's, it's clean. Okay? So I was encouraging them to get it done in a certain amount of time and to do it. But as a father, as I went in and I saw their strategy, because I could see the just stuff like crawling out from under the bed. Hey, did you guys clean it? They're like, yeah, Dad, we did it. We did it in 30 minutes. You, you, guys, you guys did. Now, now, where did you put it? And then you get the look. <laughs> Under the bed. Okay, so now I, they didn't need encouragement. They needed now coaching. So how do you actually clean it? And so I had to change my approach. Because I was encouraging them, but they didn't know how to do it. So it's like, actually, you need to put the stuff back where it goes. And if you're not sure where it goes, we need to organize it differently. And so now the approach to them clean their rooms isn't just me encouraging them, but there was training involved. I had to coach them on that. And that's, that's how it is as God relates to us. As a father, he sees our life, and it's much more than encouragement. There's instruction that needs to happen because oftentimes in the problems we face, we've had some part of that problem. That's really hard to admit. That's why we need that humility, that attitude. But as things are unraveling, a lot of times we, we have a part of the problem. Now, things can be done to us that we didn't have any part in. I'm not talking specific about those, but the things that like circumstances and problems that we've kind of find, found ourselves in, we kind of maybe dug part of the hole, maybe all of the hole. But we need God to not just rescue us. We need God to help us find out how to act and do things uh, differently. And so wisdom, main pipeline Okay, the, way, the main way that wisdom is carried, like a pipeline carries oil, the main way wisdom's pipeline is connected to us is through a correction. It's through coaching. If you want wisdom, you have to be willing to be a coachable person. You can't get wisdom and you can't see things differently unless you're a coachable person. I want to define a couple words uh, from that passage. Could you go back to the Proverbs 3, which I showed? So there's a couple words here, discipline and reproof. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Okay? Do not be weary of his reproof, this, this correction that he wants to bring. In Hebrew, if you go to those slides, I want to define that. It comes, uh, the discipline comes from the, the Hebrew word musar, which is this properly chastisement, figuratively a reproof, a warning. 
instruction or restraint. Uh, this word chastisement comes from the other word reproof, which is the Hebrew word for yasar, which is to chastise. Now, check this out. Literally with blows or figuratively with words. There's like a coaching that just feels like it's this corrective challenge to us where you, you feel like, whoa, I, I feel like I just got beat up a little bit. Now, you go back and what I just said is wisdom's main pipeline is correction, is coaching. And if you look at the words in the scriptures, what it means is like God wants to come and there's going to be times where he is going to deal with you in a way where you feel like, wow, I feel like I just got corrected and it, it hurts a little bit. What about you? But that, that's not like the primary way I'm like relationship with God. He is going to set me straight. That's not usually how I think. But isn't it true in the aftermath when things are unraveling? Aren't you willing even for just a short moment to think? What do I need to do differently? I don't want to keep facing this. I don't want to keep going through the same rut that I keep myself in. I don't want to keep dealing with the same sin that I've always dealt with. I don't want to keep having the same conflict with that person that I've had for years and years and years. When you've experienced enough frustration, you're actually open to being coaching. Or at least that's the goal. Because nothing else is working. So this is what it's saying. This idea of God loves you. He cares for you. Like a father cares for his kids and he wants the best. And sometimes the best is you have to do things differently. You have to think differently. You have to choose differently. There's a different path that the pipeline that God wants to connect through wisdom comes to you. And it comes through this, this coaching. Uh, have you ever had a, a coach that has been really helpful to you? But there's times where you're like, man, he, he coached me hard or she coached me hard. And you like, you kind of learned the hard way. You ever had that? Where you kind of like, I wish my coach would like understand me more or encourage me. When I was in high school, I played tennis and we had a new coach. And my, my thought was we have a team and the coach is coming onto this team. And so we're going to kind of show him who we are as a team. And I ended up coming to practice late when I was a junior in high school. Maybe it was my senior year. And I came to practice late. Because that was kind of what we did as a team. Like, you know, you showed up. And this is like really embarrassing, but I'm going to be honest with you. But I, I came with like my tennis racket on my shoulder and I'm whistling on my way, like I'm going on a fishing trip. And I'm whistling on my way to practice and I'm walking up and there's this new coach. I'm like, oh, it'd be great, you know, to introduce him to the team, you know, and I'm. And he looks at me and it was like. Hey, coach, like I'm here. Hey, coach. And, and he just said, what, what, what is your name? I said, it's, it's, it's Alex. And he said, Alex, who do you think you are? Coming to my practice late and having the gall to whistle as you come. <laughs> I laugh because it's laugh or you cry, right? And, and right when he said that, I mean, I got set straight. Who did I think I was? That was a great question. I was very arrogant. That's who I thought I was. It was like it was our team and he was just joining us. He's the coach. He's the leader. And from that day, he it was like there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new coach. Do you know what? I never was late to practice again. You know what? Even if I was happy, I, I watched my whistling. 
<laughs> you know, it's just it's a no whistle zone. And, and, and if I'm late, I'm definitely not going to ever whistle again. And it was just this thought of like, that's what the coaching was. Man, it stung. And I felt kind of humiliated. And there was a part of me, I was like, oh, wow. And I, I just remember like putting my head down, taking the racket off my shoulder. And it was like, get, get to practice. But to this, to this day, I look back and I respect that coach. Because the reality was, I didn't determine what time practice started. If I was late, that's a problem. And I was wrong. I was in the wrong. And he corrected me. Now, he didn't say, Alex, you know what? It's your first time with me as the new coach, and I'd really appreciate it if you didn't come late. You know, as you came late and whistling, it kind of seemed like you didn't really care. It'd be great if, if you didn't do that anymore, right? That's, for me, that feels like that would have felt better. But man, he... He chastised me. He corrected me to the point where it stung, but it was right. And that's what God does. There's times where as we relate to him, it can sting. And I want to talk and kind of steer the corner to, to how does God coach us and, and correct us. And there, there's two uh, primary ways. But if, if you want wisdom to develop in your life and you want to learn, you have to be willing to be a coachable person. And it starts with you approaching God and realizing that he has the right to call you on things. And he has the right to correct you. He has the right to discipline you. Why? Because he is God. He determines reality and he is father. And so wisdom in the scriptures develops through coaching two key areas. The first is God himself through the scriptures. God wants to coach you and he wants to coach me. And he wants to correct me through the Bible. So that's a big question. Can you receive coaching from God if you don't read the scriptures? It'll be very difficult. Like in any sport, you can't get the coach's plans if you're not in the huddle, right? You could see them huddling and you could hear about the huddle. But unless you're there in the huddle listening to the instruction... Listening to what the coach is telling you, you don't know what the plan is. That's what it is as you read the word of God yourself. You get in the huddle, and it's you and God, and he's teaching you, here's here's the plays. Here's how, how life works. Here's the attitude you need to choose. Here's the approach you need to take. Here's a mess that you made that you need to clean up. Here's something that you need to do, and you need to keep doing it. You need to endure. That's what God does again and again. He coaches us. Through his word. Check this out in Proverbs 1. It says, If you turn at my reproof, again, that's, that's discipline, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Now, notice what happens here. Correction is first, and then insight comes. And what wisdom is saying here is if you're not a coachable person, you will not learn. If you're not open to God correcting you and redirecting your thoughts, redirecting your strategies, redirecting your plans and your goals, the words being known to you will not be made known to you. And so the principle is this. Correction first, then insight later. If I'm coachable, God will coach me. If I'm not coachable, they'll get to a point where he'll coach me. But what tends to happen is it can become more and more severe. 
And so humility and fear of the Lord is, God, help me to be open to your coaching when the heat is turned up a little bit. That way, I don't have to get to the point where the heat up, he gets turned up to the point where it's just so intense. And that's kind of the flavor of the, the wisdom literature here. If you're open to, to coaching, you will learn. Proverbs 6.23 says this, For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So the analogy here is when you're in problems and the unraveling and you're experiencing just the turmoil of life and circumstances, the picture is it's dark. You don't have clarity. You, you, you feel just alone and you're not sure where to go and what to do. You ever felt like that? I know I have. I've just been stuck in circumstances where I, I have no idea what to do, how to get out of it, how to move forward. What this proverb is saying is that God's word is a lamp that lights your darkness. And the teaching is a light. And then it goes further. So it's not only can you see better because of God's word, but if you actually obey what God says and you hear his voice and you do what he says and you're open to his coaching and his discipline, now you have the way of life. So it's not only can you see now, but through being coaching, you, you have a path ahead that you can walk on that leads to safety. Because in the aftermath, in the storms, it's overwhelming. We need more than just to be able to see. We need to know where to go. And that's the difference. God's word lights it so we can see. And then obeying God's voice, as we're coachable, shows us the way forward. So you see that you, how those two, those are two, two connected. God's word lights the path. And then us being coaching and learning from God and obeying him, it shows us the way to actually go. So that's, that's the first way. God coaches me through, through his word. As I soak it up, I can learn. As I read it regularly, there's things that he wants to show me. Now, it's, if you've not spent much time in the word of God, it's not like this thing a lot of times where you open it and you're just going to have to kind of watch out for swords coming that are going to just tear you to pieces. God, God is so gracious and he is patient. I, you know, I, I'm a dad and, and I try to be patient with my kids and it's just, it's a growing edge. It's hard to be patient. But God, he is patient and he's patient with us. So when we open God's word, it's not just like, all right, God, throw the grenades, take cover. He, he meets us where we are. He gives us what we can handle. But as we, we soak it up, he speaks to us. And it's this correction, but it's a coaching in which you're like, okay, God, I can do that. Like a good coach, I, I know how to move forward. I know how to handle this situation. Again, we need coaches because we don't know what to do. We need God because we don't know what to do. And his word, it gives us the plan. It gives us a strategy. There's a confidence that we have okay, as, as we're coachable. So that's, that's what he does through his word as he speaks to us. The second way that, that wisdom comes through coaching is, is through wise people their counsel, and their uh, instruction. Okay, Proverbs 19.20 says this, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. So there's instruction that comes to us and advice. What are we told to do? The first is we're told to listen. Actually hear it. Is there anyone in your life Who's given you coaching before? 
And what you're thinking is, you're not my coach. You ever thought that? Or why are you telling me this? And they're telling you something and they're trying to help you. And maybe they're even trying to correct you because you've done something. But everything in you is like, I'm hearing the words you're saying, but I'm not listening. How do you know you're not listening? Well, no one can know except you, but it's this idea of what are you saying to yourself as they're talking to you? The Proverbs saying is, is you have to, to listen to the point where it is penetrating your heart. There's a consideration. You haven't put a wall up that's just bouncing the advice off. And it bounces off by like, I know better than you. As somebody instructs us, we think we know better than them. We put a shield up, it bounces off. Proverbs saying you have to listen, you have to lower the shield down. Let it penetrate your heart. Let it get into your life. Consider it. That's part of, of listening. And then accepting. Accepting it. Okay, I've considered what you said, and you know what? There might, might be some truth to that. I, I need to think about that more. This person is allowing me to see something uh, differently. So listen to advice and accept it that you may gain wisdom in the future. So related to the aftermath, if you want to learn differently in the problems you're in, there's people that are wiser than you are and wiser than I am that have experienced the same thing I have and have moved forward and gotten through it. And they have insight. And so I would be wise to listen to their insight. I'd be wise to accept it. So therefore, in my future, as I face these problems again, I can find wisdom. In my own life, this usually comes about the hard way. And it is, I, I need to seek out counsel. Sometimes I need to seek out advice. I need to seek out correction. Now, I'm not thinking like, I got to get corrected. Who can I talk to? Right? It's not what I think, but I think like I have problems I need help with. But there's always an understanding is if I have problems that I need help with, I need to be honest with myself that there might be some things that I'm doing wrong because I'm experiencing problems. So sometimes I just get to the point where like I know I need to talk to somebody about something I'm facing, whether it's in parenting or whether it's at work. And I just have to get to a point where I'm like ready to do it. Okay, God, I need to talk to somebody. I need to get some advice. But there's this stuff in me like I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You know why? Because what if they tell me something that I have to do differently? I'm comfortable with the way I've always done it. Why do I know that? Because I've always done it. it makes sense to me. But you get to a point where you're like, okay, God, I, I need to change. I need help. That's where you can learn. God will instruct you through his word. And then as you seek help and coaching, you can get it. For me recently, this was actually a few years ago. Uh, I was new to speaking on Sundays every morning to a group of people like yourself. And it was like a new reflex of like standing up each week and saying like, hey, this is what God's word says. Like, let's do it. Hopefully we're like that was really depressing sounding, but it was like a new reflex. And, and I knew I needed some coaching on how to uh, communicate better. And there was a, a wise pastor that was visiting on a Sunday morning. And God said, you need to ask him for instruction. And this wasn't like an aftermath. It wasn't like things were falling apart. It was just I knew I needed to get some coaching. 
And everything in me, I was like, oh, like, I don't want to bother him. <laughs> Anytime, like, it's like, I don't want to bother him. It usually is, I don't want to bother me, you know. I don't want to bother him. He's busy. No, I don't want to bother me. He might have something to say. But God's like, you need to talk to him. And I was like, okay, yeah, all right, all right, got it. And it just kept like, you need to ask him. And I, okay. All right. So after the service, I was done speaking. And, and I just went up to him. And I was like, hi, how are you? And like a throat, like no throat, like a lump in my throat. Just kind of welled up, like nervous. Like I want to ask for feedback, but I'm kind of nervous because he'll have something to say. I'm just describing the struggle because it's real. And if you experience it, you'll remember like, oh, Alex, he's experienced this too. It's nervousness. It's all this stuff. And so I just, I was talking on the character of God and it was like, you know, God, and this is who he is. And so I, I said, Hey, I, I'm really glad that you came this morning. If you have any feedback on my message, I'd really like to hear it. So I was thinking it'd be like, I'll walk away and you could think about it. And right away he, he had feedback and then it got, gets real. Like, it's like, Oh really? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> really? And, uh, he gave the feedback and he says, you know, it was, you had good energy and it was a really hard topic. Anytime somebody starts, like, it was a really hard topic, you're like, uh-oh. So I started thinking, uh-oh, it's about to get real. So it was a really hard topic and he said, you talked about uh, God being omniscient, which means he knows everything. And he said, you talked about God being sovereign. And he says, your definition of sovereign was more the definition of what it means for God to be all-knowing. Like, I kind of lumped them together. He said, God being all-knowing means he knows everything and there's nothing that he doesn't know. God being sovereign means that he knows everything and he'll use it for your good. And right when he said that, he took my arm and he pinched it. I mean, he grabbed a chunk of my skin and he just pinched it. And like he latched on and it was just like, is this happening? You know, and he latched on and he let go and it like, it kind of hurt, but I wasn't gonna be like, ow, it was, it was like (laughs) fascinating strategy. That's what I was thinking. And, uh, he, he said, God being omniscient is, he knew that was going to happen. God being sovereign is. He'll use that for your good. Like that pain for your good. And like, I got a bruise. Like one of those deep ones. It's like multicolored. And I had, for two weeks, I had a bruise on my arm. For two weeks. But you know what? It, it, was, it, was, it was the best picture. Because every time I looked in the mirror, I remembered God's sovereignty. And he'll use that for my good. And you know what? I never forgot it. I never forgot it. And that was his point. I would have never been like, how do I learn more about the sovereignty of God? I know. Like, I would never do that. And I've never do that to anyone else. Until now. No. <laughs> like, I would never do that. But, but that's, that's how wisdom is. You, you seek people that have walked with God that will say things in a way that just you see it differently. Even if you have to admit you, you didn't know or you saw it wrong. And I'm like, I'll never forget that because I had to fight through all the things that were causing me pause. And when it comes down to it, it was pride. 
I didn't want to actually hear it. But pride is preventing me from being coached and not being coached is preventing me from moving forward. Not moving forward is preventing me from growth. And so when you just take back the layers, the idea is for me to grow in wisdom and for me to figure out solutions to my problems, I have to be willing to consider their solutions to my problems that are outside of my own understanding that somebody else knows. That's not popular in today's culture where we all can know anything. Even if we don't know, we can go to the Internet to find out. We're very self-sufficient. We're very independent. But you cannot grow wisdom in self-sufficiency. You have to submit to God. Let his word speak to you. And you have to be willing to ask for advice and instruction. So I I want to encourage you in the things that, that you're facing you have a choice to make. Am I going to lean in to the coaching that God wants to bring? Or am I going to shrink back? Am I going to look to escape? Am I going to look to isolate myself? And I want to close out with one last, last scripture in the book of, of Hebrews. As Christ followers, because of the relationship God has with us, and for anyone, as you turn to God, he, he has a relationship as a father, which gives you now a confidence and a courage that you can have. And Hebrews 10.39 encourages us to to lean in, and it says this. It says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So when you decide to follow Jesus Christ and you build on the foundation, when you choose fear the Lord and humility, a new framework and a new attitude where you realize you can learn, and you decide that God can teach you, from his word and he'll bring people in your life to instruct you even at the times when it hurts you become we become these kinds of people we don't give in to fear and shrink back but we're filled with the courage that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ so I want to encourage you as I close out two takeaways that you can take and it comes through the pipeline of how correction and coaching happens in your life There's two appointments that you need to be making in your life regularly. The first is time with God through the scriptures and through prayer. You you have to carve out time to soak up God's word. And if you've never done that here at Church of I, we'd love to help you learn how to do that. So if you put on your connection card, I'd like to learn how to learn from the Bible, we, we will help you with that. But this is an appointment that you have to make. This is where wisdom grows. Allow God's word to speak to me. And the second is, you have to make appointments with godly and wise people. If you don't, you can't learn from them. It's hard to listen and accept instruction if you're never around people that can give it. So you have to be willing, you have to carve out time. How can I get around godly and wise people? We have a tremendous amount of godly and wise people here at Church in the Valley. People that have walked with God, that have faced the things that we've faced. And they've seen God come through. That's what we need. We need people that can lean in, encourage us to lean in, give us perspective, give us correction. So we don't have to to shrink back. So I just want to encourage you, think through these two areas in your life. How can I set up time to soak up God's word? You might want to start, you could start reading just the Proverbs 
That's wisdom. Those have some really great perspective. That's in the Old Testament of the Bible. Start in Proverbs and begin to soak that up. See what God speaks to you. And then if you're facing a problem right now and you just feel overwhelmed by it and you're kind of in the darkness and not sure where to move forward, I encourage you, find a leader here at Church in the Valley and, and talk to them and begin a conversation. So it kind of starts with just that initial initiative that, that you need to take. So I encourage you those two appointments. I'm going to pray and wrap up our service. We're going to be receiving our offering. You can uh, put your completed connection card in the offering as, as that comes by. And, and uh, as I close, I, I hope to see you all at the picnic. I know Sundays can be busy and there's lots of stuff that's going on in light of Monday coming tomorrow and the start of a week. But if you take just a little bit of time today to just be around people in the church, I, I think it will be an encouragement to you. We might actually have fun. And so I encourage you to, to come to that. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the fact that you define and you've established a relationship with us uh, as our father. And as our father, you lead us, all those who follow you, and you, you have the right and the wherewithal and the wisdom to know exactly how to uh, correct us and discipline us. God, help us to be a people that are open to your discipline. And none of us want discipline because it hurts. But God, in your discipline, we, we actually can find life and we can find the way forward. So help us first and foremost to be open to hearing from you and your word and taking the time to get under it. And the second is, God, just help us to see the people in our life right now who, who have some perspective that we need, but we just need to ask for it. So give us courage and just humility to seek out people that can help us. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.